So I got to tell you, one of my most frustrating things is when I am looking for something and I can't find it. And I spend way too much of my life looking for things. I'm like, I just saw it. Where did it go? Now, granted, maybe if I kept things a little cleaner, like it probably wouldn't be as much of an issue, but it's what it is. And maybe you can relate. Now, there's some things that are just frustrating that we search for and sometimes we can't find. But there's other things in life, or other times in life, where we, we, can, we know we're clearly, we're searching for something, and it's something significant. It's something that is even more significant than finding the car keys, or my wallet, or whatever it may be. It's something really, really at the core of us, and the foundation of us in our lives. And, and sometimes, in that search, we can feel like we're just not finding it. That there's something we are looking for, and, and we have nowhere, no idea where to come upon it. Today's lesson helps us to evaluate that search, to think about what, what goes on in our lives when that happens, to consider where maybe we've gone off with the search, but then also how our God makes it so we can truly find what we need. Today's lesson is all about finding what we really need in the search. The lesson we have is Mark chapter 8, verses 11 to 13. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. Now, with our lesson today, we actually back up a bit from where we were last week. Last week, we had a lesson where there was a, a blind man who had called out to Jesus uh, just kept calling out, screaming out, and then Jesus gave him his sight, this beautiful lesson last week. Today we, we back up a bit from there chronologically to a scene or a setting that is actually very similar to what we studied a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, part of the background was that Jesus had fed more than 5,000 people. Well, we have another scene of Jesus miraculously feeding people. This time there are more than 4,000 people. They've been out there following Jesus. He'd been healing people, all these wonderful things happening. And again, they don't have any food. And Jesus takes, again, just, just a little bit of food, a few loaves of bread, and miraculously feeds these more than 4,000 people. Well, a little bit different than last time where Jesus' disciples went off in the boat and then Jesus walked on water to meet them. This time he decided to go with them. So he gets in the boat and they travel to a region known as Dalmanutha. And it's there in that region that we're going to get now to the more immediate context of our sermon lesson. Because when you get to that region, we're told that the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. Now, remember the Pharisees are that religious, kind of spiritually, religiously elite group, but it's also very political and so on, and so that they have this, this religious, political interest, and they're still they're trying to gauge who this Jesus is and, and what he's up to and how they can maybe either shut him down or direct him how they want him to go or something like that. And so what they do is they come to, to question him. And that word question, it literally means to seek with or to search with or to investigate. So they want to investigate what's going on here with Jesus. They are seeking something from him. And in order to seek something from him, they ask for a sign. A sign from heaven. Now, we might think, okay, we all know what a sign is, but it's good to kind of just clarify what a sign, what does a sign do? A sign can tell you information, but also, especially biblically, a sign is to point you to something. 
or to point you to a reality or to something that's true. So this event points you to another reality or this thing that happens points this to you. So they're like, okay, give us a sign from heaven about you. Well, when they asked for this sign, we're told that Jesus sighed deeply, and I added the words here, in his spirit. Because in the original language, that's what it says. For some reason, the English translation has left out the term, in his spirit. And it may be because, maybe they left it out, because the word spirit means moving air, actually. It has to do with breath. Like, that's, that's the idea with spirit. And so maybe they just thought they were translating it by saying he sighed deeply. But by leaving it out, you kind of miss just how deep it is. So Jesus, he, he, you think about like a, something, it originates from deep inside, like a deep breath, like a <sighs> kind of thing going on here, right? So it's a deep breath, <sighs> but then also with the word spirit, it gives us that reminder, like this is something, it's not just that he breathed deeply, like this is frustrating Jesus to his core. He breathes deep. <sighs> Why does this generation ask for a miraculous, miraculous sign? Or, more literally, there's, there's, there's something else that goes on here. They're asking him for a sign, but he asks the question. He doesn't just say, I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to it. It's this really interesting way it's framed. He literally says, if a sign were given to it, and then stops. And it might seem strange, except for... We do this actually sometimes in our language. Um, let's see if uh, parents, and say if your kids have not been listening, if I have to tell you one more time, and you don't finish the sentence, right? You let them finish the sentence? You know? If I have to come over here, and you just leave it, and it kind of has a dramatic effect where you don't have to finish it, that's what Jesus does here. If a sign were given to this generation, leaves it. Well, what? And it's kind of it's interesting that he uses this kind of phrasing, isn't it? What's going on here? One, Jesus is extremely frustrated, but then it also kind of does leave us the opportunity to question, okay, if if a sign were given to it, well, wait, what, what does he mean? Because he had been giving signs to it. There would be other things that he would do. What what is he talking about? Before we think about what's going on more here, it's good for us to recognize what he does next. We're told that he got back in the boat and crossed to the other side. So Jesus, ah, upset, if a sign were given to this generation, and then he leaves. Apparently he's over it, right? He's just out. What's going on here with this lesson about the search? What is going on that the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus to test him, and when they asked him for a sign from heaven, he sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to it. And then he left them and got on the boat and crossed to the other side. He was over it. Well, think for a minute about their request to ask for a sign. Let's see here. I'm going to, I need some help. Um, could you, hey, one of you guys, could you hold this up high for everybody to see? Can you hold that up high? How about, can you hold that one up high for everybody to see? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Can you hold this one up high? Really high for everybody to see. 
How about over here? One of you guys, can you do it? Hold it up high. You want to hold one up high too? Let's see. Here. How about, you know, you can't volunteer people to do this. They have to volunteer. Yeah. Only I get to volunteer people to do it. Yeah, okay. All right, you want to do, hold one? Okay. Let's see here. Any other? I need, I need one more, one more volunteer. You got it right here? Okay. Hold them up high. Let's see. This sign says, made a paralyzed person walk. Okay, that's sign one. What does this one say here? Gave sight to the blind. Okay. This one here, fed 5,000. Okay. How about here? Fed 4,000. Not as impressive, but still. All right. Fed 4,000. Healed a man with a withered hand. Drove out demons. Raised the dead. Healed the leper. Okay. Keep them up. Hold them up. I know. I'm, I'm pushing you guys here. Hold them up. Now, hold, I'm walking into this room and I'm going, Jesus, would you give me a sign from heaven? Would you give me one? A sign from heaven. Any sign. Why, why would that be silly? Got any ideas? This room is full of them. Is it, are they not? Right? I mean, look at all these things. Made a paralyzed person. This is, this is the body of evidence that they have at the time. How can you walk into this space and go, give me a sign? How could they miss these signs? All right, you guys can let your arms rest for a minute. I'll, I'll have you lift them back up in a moment, but you can go ahead and put your hands down. Maybe part of what can help us think about how you can miss these signs is just to think about how signs work with us. So let's see. All right, so like a year and a half or so ago, I was driving over here in the town of Cottage Grove, and I missed the stop sign, and I got pulled over. By the way, first time that I ever got a ticket. It's like a year and a half. That's saying something, okay? Um, and uh, in that situation, I'm thinking, why did, I, why did I miss the stop sign? It wasn't because I was just trying to move too fast at that point. It actually was, uh, I was going through a neighborhood, and I didn't realize there was a stop sign there. I wasn't really looking for it. Um, and I was thinking about something else. I was thinking about someone from church who moved in the neighborhood. I'm like, I wonder where in this neighborhood they are. Just blew through the stop sign. So that's maybe one reason why you can miss a sign. Like sometimes you're just not looking for it. Or other times you're preoccupied and looking at other things. I do know the other, t other day I was coming up here on my bike and I see why they put those flashing lights and the stop signs out here. I don't know if you've noticed that they, they have those. A car, it must probably go in 50 right through here. Just didn't even slow down for the stop signs. Just right through. So there's a little note, kids. Always be careful at the stop signs, okay? So maybe that person was just in too big of a hurry, too focused on where they wanted to go. That could be it too. But I also wonder, let's imagine... <coughs> You have a friend from another part of the country who just happens to be in the area. And you have told them that you live near Madison. Because if you live in Cottage Grove, nobody in you know, Florida knows us that where Cottage Grove, Wisconsin is. But Madison, Wisconsin, sure, right? And so they get nearby and they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to try to find them. I'm going to look them up. And let's see. So can you hold this one? All right. They get close here. Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. 
And let's see. You want to hold this one up? There's signs for your town. And maybe they're even coming through Cottage Grove. Maybe they even see you outside. But if they're thinking, wait a minute, they live by Madison, they might even actually just blow right past you because they're not looking for Cottage Grove. They're looking for Madison. Right? That could happen sometimes, too, where someone is looking for one thing. Like, if you're looking for the sign that says Madison, when what you really need is Cottage Grove, you can miss the sign and miss where you are. And, all right, guys, kids, can you hold up those other signs again? <clears throat> if you are looking for different kind of signs, you can have a whole room full of these, and you're still going to go, give me another one. If you're looking for something else. If you're looking for a sign to give you other information. Or if you're too focused on where you want things to go, you're not even looking. Maybe you're not even open to the idea that there might be a sign there. Or if you're just preoccupied with other things, you might miss it too. All this can be going on here. All right, you guys can put them back down. Thank you so much. And I'll get them after the service so I can use them at late service too, okay? All these different things can go into why people can miss, miss signs. Or miss what the signs are about or what they mean. And it's important for us today to consider if there's sometimes things that we can miss about Jesus and about God. Because while there's people there who were totally missing the point, Jesus' own disciples were often missing it. Remember in the, the, less, the verses that came after a lesson, and Jesus says, beware the, the leaven of the Pharisees, and he's making an illustration. Jesus' disciples, when they hear Jesus talking about it, they're like, oh no, it's because we didn't bring any bread. That's what Jesus is talking about. And this is one of those scenes that after watching The Chosen now, I actually kind of laugh a little bit at. Can you imagine Jesus being like, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not get it? I fed 5,000. I fed 4,000. A lack of bread is not my concern. Right? Like, Jesus is not, this is not a problem for him. And yet, they still, it just wasn't getting in their head and in their heart. So sometimes... What God has for us about him, there can be issues where it doesn't get into our head and our heart, even if we're followers of Jesus. If you're a note taker, this is the time to get your worship folder out. You'll see a little search icon there. And I want you to consider what it is that you are searching for. Are there any things that you are searching for or thinking about that might make it so that you just blow right past the sign? Don't even see it. Or maybe you see all the signs, all the information about God, but you just, you're, you're looking for something else. It could be that you're not looking for anything, or at least you don't think you are. You're kind of just coasting through life for, at a bit, just trying to keep your head above water. I added to that line, though, and said you're searching for nothing because sometimes it's, it's not just that, okay, we're coasting, we're just going, but sometimes we're looking, and what we, th- what we are expecting we will find is nothing. I don't think I'm going to learn any more about God. I don't think God's going to work in my life. I'm not looking. I'm looking 
for nothing. That can be the expectation sometimes. There could be a thing, and I put it in quotes, another failure where maybe you are thinking, you're looking like, you know what, it's just going to fall apart. Life has kind of jaded you in this way where you're like, it's just not going to work. And you're looking for another failure. And I say failure in quotes because God can use all things for our good. Ultimately, for him, things are, don't end in failure, but in our mind, maybe they are. So maybe you're looking for a failure. Or maybe to a flip side, maybe you're looking for God to show up in a clear way. And again, I put that in quotes because a clear way might be a clear to you way. Like, God, I want you to show up in a way that is clear to me. And maybe with that, you're looking for a specific sign. Like, give me a sign from the heavens, Lord, to show me you're here with me. Maybe you're looking for God to meet your expectations. Maybe you have some ideas for how things should go. Maybe you're looking for God to just make things better. And I put that in quotes too because sometimes we're looking for God to make things better when we're not willing to do anything better. You know, like, God, why don't you just help me be better with my, my family, my home, or whatever it may be, but you're not willing to do anything to make it happen, to help it happen. And then you get upset with God. God, why haven't you changed things? Well, why haven't you changed things? You know? You're looking for God to solve the problem now. Maybe you're looking for God to carry out your plan or do what you think he should do. Maybe the flip side of asking God to change things but you being unwilling to change, maybe in your request, maybe what you're looking for is for God to give you a way to solve it. God, give, help me do it. Sometimes I know my prayers end up being that way. It's like, all right, God, I'm looking for you to help me figure it out. Maybe you're looking for it to happen on your timetable, or maybe you're just looking for things to be easier. And with whatever may be here, by looking for all these things, we may be missing what Scripture does point out to us about Jesus, about who he is, and about what he's done. But thankfully, even though people were missing the point with Jesus, there's a way for us still to have what we need and find what we need in the search. And it has everything to do with the fact that Jesus still kept going on his path. Yes, he walked away from that conversation, but he never walked away from his path to the cross. <clears throat> and even when, after this a lesson we have today, when his disciples were confused and Peter told him, no, I don't... Don't, don't ever talk like you're going to die on a cross or anything. Jesus still boldly said, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. I know I am here to go to that cross. Jesus knew what his mission was. He knew what you needed, and he never veered from that path. And so even though we get lost, even though sometimes we are looking for the wrong things, Jesus has still achieved the right thing, the thing that we ultimately need. He went to that cross and he paid for your sins and mine. He took the justice for those sins. So that all the, the emptiness, all the brokenness, all the pain, the suffering and death that we experience in this world could someday for us come to an end. And we can know that we have life with a God who gives us life and hope beyond this brokenness, beyond this suffering, beyond this pain. He rose to let you know that that empty life does not have to be your story anymore. That empty tomb means that empty life is over. 
And by the power of the Spirit, you can look to the cross and you can find what you really need in Jesus with the search. If you were to look at a sign and, God, and the sign that we have before us in God's Word and in really what we've been taught throughout our lives, what are some things that those signs would say that we would see and that we do find in Jesus? They may not be the things that we were looking for or thought we needed, but what do we find? I encourage you to draw a little cross up there. First of all, you find the cross. That's what it all comes to. But if you look in Jesus, here's, here are some of the things you find. You find God himself in Jesus. When you look at Jesus, you see God taking on human flesh for you. When you look at Jesus, you see incomprehensible grace. I say it that way because man, your God delights in you. No matter how much time, how many times you blow past the stop sign or struggle to see who he is, and no matter how much we get caught up looking for the wrong thing, he delights in you. In Jesus, you see perfect justice. All wrongs, guilt, and shame are defeated. Anything you've ever done wrong, you don't have to feel like you've got to make it up or do anything like that. You don't have to beat yourself up. All the justice for it has been served. Anything that's ever been done wrong against you has been taken on Jesus. Perfect justice in Jesus. Perfect justice and unfailing love. He never stops loving you regardless of where we've been. His love is unfailing. His mercy is never ending. In Jesus, you see the solution to the issue at the root of all the other issues. There might be all these problems that might be what we see at the surface, but Jesus gets to the root of the issue of it all. In Jesus, you see wisdom, and then you see limitless, surprising power. Surprising because the way of Jesus doesn't necessarily look powerful, right? The cross doesn't look powerful. It looks like death. It is death. And yet, it broke the power of sin. The way of Jesus is surprising, but his power is limitless. In Jesus, you see purpose. You see meaning. Your life has significance. Because you have hope that this is not all there is, that there is more beyond this world. You have joy because you have life with the God who created life. You can have satisfaction because the one who designed you and knows how you live and how you tick is now you're in relationship with him and he can give you exactly what you need. You have life unto the age. And if you remember a couple weeks ago, if you were here, we watched a video about the meaning of eternal life in the Bible. And that's what it literally says is, Life unto the age. You have a life with God now that even when you physically die will continue. And when you rise again, it will continue on into eternity. This is all you see when you, when you really see Jesus. There might be things that we are looking for and we feel like we're missing or whatever it may be. But when we lay our own things we've been looking for, our own search down at the foot of the cross... And when we see what Scripture and what God's Word tells us about him, we'll find that we have found what we really need in the search.